Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to everybody in the room and everybody watching online. Like Tyler mentioned, we had a fantastic day yesterday being able to bless some of our city kids. So great to see you. One of the things that I miss the most every Sunday when gathered, just walking through city kids and waving to all the kids. And so thank you for parents that brought um, your kids yesterday. Um, it was a fun time. I know we have a couple kids in the room today. So I was happy to see them. I always tried not to preach so long for the kids, but I kind of fail most of the time. But we love our kids here at the City Church, don't we? Come on now. Well, we are starting a brand new series today, and I would encourage you to take some notes, whether on your phone or if you've got old-fashioned paper and pen. Um, write some stuff down. We're going to be talking about some great stuff during this series. So this series is called That Sounds Better. Now, do I have any music lovers in the house? You know, I have a, an interesting relationship with music. I, most of the people in my family, my parents are musical. They used to sing in choirs, and they used to sing in trios and quartets back in Bible school. And then the, uh, all of the women in my life, my wife and my two daughters, are all very musical. And um, I kind of have like an outsider view of music. You know what I'm saying? There's people who like really get music and they understand it and I really appreciate it. But I'm still, you know, I'm just not the best. I'm just not the best musician, but I appreciate music so much. I love music. And you know, um, sometimes we'll be driving the car and we'll be singing a song as a family and all like hit a harmony by mistake that's actually correct. My dad was like, oh, dad, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, don't patronize me <laughs> with your musical talent, people. And, you know, music is such an interesting thing. We have such an interesting relationship with music our whole lives. And you can play music for children, and they will smile, and they will move, and they will, well, they will dance to music. And we have, you know, when we, all of us, generally speaking, the, the music when we were teenagers is the best music ever. It's partly because you know our lives, our brains are growing and we're figuring out life and we're trying to understand life and then there's music that our friends liking so we like that same music. And, and as we you know, go forward in life, there's something that music gives to us that we actually don't understand. I would feel that we don't necessarily understand music, that we could play music for a baby and a child and they would smile, and they would feel something, and they would appreciate something. I feel like music hits us on a level where we actually, like a soul, a spiritual level. Um, you know, part of the inspiration for this series, my, my youngest daughter is the music, most musical of all of the three beautiful ladies in my life. She just music, like she just needs to have music playing all of the time. And um, she took piano lessons, and she can sing and play at the same time. She's some, on our worship team, team time, our worship team sometime. And we will be driving in the car together. She has like you know all these playlists on Spotify, and we're, we're getting there, and she's playing her music in the car. And then all of a sudden, she skips a song, and then she skips another song, and then she skips another song. And I'm like, what are you looking for? 
what sounds are you looking for? Because there's certain sounds, I would say, too, this is true with musical people in general. They're, they're looking for something for their soul. They're looking for something, a, a collection of notes. Um, sometimes, and this is what I would say with certain people, they're looking for music to affirm how you're feeling or to help you get out of what you're feeling. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, if you've ever you've broken up with somebody, you had a bad relationship, you're searching the radio. What are you looking for? You're looking for a sad song because you just need to cry. We need to cry it out. So we're looking for a sad song on the radio to play that. And then if we're ever on a long road trip and we're just searching the radio, we're searching the radio for music to play, something that connects, something that we know. And I just feel like there's something so interesting about music that there's these um, patterns that we're seeing in music and they're representing something to us. Now in the scripture, we see over and over again references to music. The book of Psalms, 150 Psalms or songs. And so many times we would see in the Old Testament that they would put the praisers out front. Do you remember that? We're going we're gonna to represent some worship to God through music and we're going to put those people out front. And I, I feel like what we see in music is so interesting to us, but it actually has so much teaching for us. Um, the definition of the word music is basically this, the simultaneous combination of tones, especially when blended into chords, pleasing to the ear. Pleasing to the ear. Now, if you aren't musical, kind of like me, you know, I, I took trumpet for, for four years, uh, grade seven through 10, I think it was, seven, eight, nine, 10. Yes, I, I stopped playing you know, music, trumpet in grade 10. It was kind of a lost cause. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there, nobody was asking me to play any solos. It was, it was just kind of, I knew how to read music, so I was happy for that. And, and then a couple years ago, I actually took a year of acoustic guitar with my daughter. She wanted to learn to play guitar, so I thought we would go play together. And actually, at the end of that year, I, could, I can play some sort of music. Um, it's not great, but I can, I can read the notes, and I can play certain chords and stuff like that. So kudos to me, 43-year-old me, learning to play guitar from not, a, from not a musical standpoint. But if you aren't musical, how do you know when you hear a good song, how do you know? Because you aren't musical, you don't get it. Like certain musicians, have you ever seen like a musician and like they really get it and they can read music and they can play by ear and then you watch them play, what is happening? Music is just coming out of their body. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever seen a musician like that? It's just, they're, they're not thinking about the notes they're playing. They're just playing. They're representing something that's in their soul. They're representing some set of pattern notes that they are just playing for us. And it, it's very interesting, and this is, you know, t- interesting subject of discussion. A lot of times, people that are musical geniuses actually struggle to live. You ever thought of a musical genius and they, they actually have, they can play music and they have all these wonderful patterns in their music, but they're putting that, those same patterns together in their life is actually a struggle for them. Sorry, just lots of things to think about and talk about as it relates to music. Music is a fusion of beauty and math. Did you know that? You don't, you don't think about music that is mathematical, but it is very mathematical. There's... There's measures and there's rhythms and we count, but we don't actually think 
Because math sounds boring, right? For most people, math sounds like a boring thing, but music is artistic math. And so there's a great coming together of things in music. And once again, in the scripture, we see this idea represented over and over again. Uh, the, the word, the, the phrase melody, which is like the lead line of a song, is a sequence of single notes that is musically satisfying. Harmony, agreement, accord, harmonious relations, a consistent, orderly, or pleasing arrangement of parts, congruity. In other words, it fits together. It just makes sense. And even when we're not musical, when we hear good music played, by skilled players, it just makes sense. It represents something to us. Now I have Rebecca over here on the piano, a musical genius of the day, to help us to understand some stuff about music and what it would, might mean. Now the first thing that Rebecca's gonna play for us, she's just gonna play one note over and over again. Keep going, Rebecca. Now that's nice, right? It's nice we've got a good piano up there. Rebecca's playing it well over and over again. But how many of you would think there's more to music than that? And then there's more to life than that. And this is what happens to... Thanks, Rebecca. We're all going crazy now. (laughs) It would drive you crazy after a while, right? You're like, are there no other notes? You got 88 keys, right? 88 keys over there. Play us another key, Rebecca. Play some other note. And this would be when a representation of our lives, when our lives are just about one thing. There's a bunch of other notes to play, and our lives get disordered and out of balance because we're just this one, playing the single note over and over again. Now, she's going to add something else, too. She's going to play a melody for us. What song is that? Right. Thanks, Rebecca. Now, if for those the musical people, we actually could have put those notes up on the screen, and they would have known what that represented. And for those of us that maybe can't read music that well, we would be lost. But what would be, what is Rebecca? She's representing a melody based on something, a pattern, a beautifully put together pattern of notes that creates this great melody. Now she's going to play a melody and a harmony together for us. <laughs> See, she added, added something to it, and it made it more beautiful, right? It made it more beautiful than the one note. And then it made it more beautiful than just the melody. There was a melody and a harmony coming together. And once again, that's a pattern that we would see that we'd be like, oh, that's good music. Now she's going to do something that's going to be really hard for her right now. She's going to play something wrong on the piano, all right? She's going to play some sort of notes, some sort of set of notes that don't actually go together. Now, for those of you that 
are not music at all, you know that's wrong, right? It doesn't, doesn't, it's not pleasing to the ear. And once again, how do you know? If you aren't musical, if you can't read music, how do you know that that is wrong? How do you know that that pattern is wrong? It just doesn't sit right in our souls, and it's not just one note. It's just, then there's like a mess of things, and this is what happens in our lives. And I would say, this is what's happening in our world. There's a bunch of misplayed notes happening, and we're all watching it and observing it, and we, can't, we don't necessarily know what's wrong, but we know that the music emanating from our world is all disconnected, and there's no consistent melody line, and there's no good harmony to it. And this is something that music provides for us. It provides for us an understanding of actually about how life should be lived. Thank you, Rebecca. She's going to be back in a second to play for us at the end. And she's going to play so much better at the end than that last little representation. And then we see some of these principles that we actually have to put together in our lives. Because once again, I would say that we know that music tells us something about how life should be. And and once again, we know when we hear it, but if we can't write music and we don't know what it might mean or how, what pattern should be the melody that I'm playing right now in my life. And then there's these two notes, like a melody and a harmony that aren't actually the same note, but then they go really well together to play a good song or to make a good sound, two different notes. And this is what I would say that the world is struggling with right now and what lives might be struggling with, playing two different notes and finding the beauty in two different notes that are coming together to make one really good sound. So this is what we're going to talk about in this series. We're going to talk about a few things that seemingly are not the same, but then they work really well together in our lives. We just don't want to have random patterns in music, and then sometimes we would look at the scripture and we wouldn't necessarily recognize the patterns that we're seeing that Jesus lived out, and then how they were successful. But we want to see those patterns. We want to bring those notes together because we need to sing a good song with our lives. The world is needing us. The world is needing you and I. The world is needing the church to sing a really good song with our lives. Because there's a lot of disorder. There's a lot of misplayed notes. And there's a lot of stuff that is happening. And it's, it's weird to the sound of our ears, but we don't know why. And so we need to dive into the scripture and find some answers so that we can live a God-ordered life. Can I get an amen? amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says this. Live in harmony with one another. Now think about it in musical terms. Live in harmony with one another. She played the melody line and then she added the harmony. The harmony is not the same as the melody. It's different. But then it can come together and it can provide a good sound. This is what good marriages are like. Between a man and a woman coming together, playing different notes, finding out how to produce a good sound in a family. We're going to live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Listen, if possible, as far as depends on you, live peaceably with all. 
as far as depends on you. That we could live in such a way that even though someone's going to choose to live dishonorably with us, someone is going to act in such a way that I'm going to choose to add peace to that situation, even though this person might be playing a sour note, I'm going to choose to figure out a way to live harmoniously with someone with God's principles. Because this is what God is calling us to do. And we need good harmony in the world today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, it says this, above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We already know this from the, from the scripture, from the New Testament command, that there's going to way for us to understand what love is and then to live it out so that we can live harmonious lives. And so we don't want to be disordered. We don't want to allow the bad music that is being played in culture, the lack of harmony, the lack of the, of the music sounding right together, we don't want that to infect us. And in fact, once again, we have to see the responsibility that God gives us in, in a society that is displaying discord, that is, their music is terrible. I'm not talking about, do you understand what I, I'm talking about? The culture. The music of the culture is terrible. We can't all of a sudden start playing that music. God is actually calling us to play other music with our lives. So we don't want to let that infect us or affect us. And we could be described like this. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. A false balance. And we can get out of balance with the notes that we're playing. Or we're just playing one note over and over again. And how many think just a one note over and over again, that's a false balance? There's got to be, we got to add some other notes to our lives. We got to add the notes in that God is calling us to live out in the ingredients of a good song or in the word of God. There's patterns in the scripture, successful God-loving people, loving patterns for us to figure out so that we can live harmoniously. So we can sing a different song than the culture. See, and this is what we see. Once again, we hear it in a good song. But then also we could see somebody living a good life. And, and if we're, we're like, oh, wow, I like that person. Or, or, or I, like, I like, we would say it like this, I like the energy that person gives off. Or I like their attitude. And we, we don't slow down enough to find out what those things are. What is the pattern that they're living out to have the good sound coming from their life? So we don't want to have a false balance. We don't want to play a single note over and over again. We don't want to play the wrong harmony to a certain melody. We want to see a representation of balance in our lives. Here's a good representation of balance. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's good ingredients for a good song. But if we're just playing one note... You're just, if you're just playing joy and you don't have any long suffering, you've got joy for a day and then we won't see you again. Well, I'm happy today. I've got joy today. I've got the joy of the Lord today, but I'm not, I've not added long suffering to the middle of that. I don't live a well-rounded life song. Balance. 
finding the balance because our world is out of balance completely. It's distorted. So what do we got to do, man? We got to find balance from the word of God. We got to find balance from the life of Jesus so that we can live it out. And our lives can be like a really good song. We hear it and we're like, oh yeah, I, I don't know because I'm on the outside looking in of what music might be, but I know that that person is living a good life. That's what we need to do. That's who we need to be. See, we need to incarnate the things that we see in the scripture, and that's what Jesus, Jesus is the incarnation. That means God in the flesh. And that's what we need to do, not that we're gonna be the singular, perfect son of God, but the point is that we would take these godly patterns that play a good song, and we need to have them be part of our lives, not play the bad song from the culture. What is the song that you want us to sing, God? How can we sing a song that people would actually want to live out? And when we think about Jesus, Jesus was the ultimate balanced person. And we could just focus on one aspect of Jesus' life and ministry, but when we see him dealing with people, it's an amazing array, and the context is so important, because sometimes we will take a situation out of context with Jesus' life, and we'll try to have that applied to all context. But Jesus operating complete balance in every situation. And then you would see Jesus come to somebody who no, nobody cared about and nobody loved about, and they were cast, and they had to live outside of the city, and they had to leave their families. And Jesus would come, and he would actually touch that person, have compassion on that person. And then on the other end of the scale, we'll read about something like this here in a second. With the Pharisees, Jesus was very harsh. With, with religious people who were doing things wrong that thought they knew it all, he would turn over the tables. Now, context, again, is important. Because if all that you are is the compassionate Christian, yes, we're gonna, uh, this, yes and we need to be that, there's actually other notes to play. Now, I'm not, don't, don't go turning over any tables today. I'm not giving that as an example of an actuality. But that's what Jesus did with the religious people. He, now, I don't know, but is that the same guy? That's the same guy. Compassion, love. But then he added the right thing to another context, and this is where balance comes in. Not just playing one note, one note in every situation. We need the right note for the right situation. This is why we need to read the stories of the scripture and see what Jesus did and in what context and who is he speaking to. And then we need to live that out, live out the music, the good music that comes from the life of Jesus. So we're going to look at a couple of these things today that seem like opposites, but they actually work really well together. John chapter 1, verse 14, talking about Jesus. John says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. A couple of great things about this verse here, the word, the word of God, the truth of God, that it, that it came in flesh in Jesus. And then how did it come? Full of of grace and truth. Now, was it 50 grace and 50 truth? No. 
It was full of grace and truth. He was full of these two things that are kind of opposites. But he was full of both of these things. And this is the tremendous balance that we see lived out in the life of Jesus. He was full of both of these things, grace and truth. And he applied them in the right situation, in the right mixtures, with the right tonality, with the right melody and the correct harmony. And it sounds really good when we, le- when we read about the life of Jesus. Let me read a couple verses here about grace. Romans chapter 5, verse 20 says this. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, great grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life comes through the grace that Jesus gives. Aren't you thankful for that today? Galatians chapter 2, verse 19 says this. For, th- for through the law I died, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. That our relationship with God comes from grace. Grace defined just it's a gift that God gives us, the gift of grace, the gift of a relationship with himself. It's something we talk about every Sunday here at the City Church. And the reason we talk about it every Sunday at the City Church is because it's part of the gospel, this wonderful grace that we don't have a relationship with God from our merit. Such an important truth to know. You aren't, God doesn't look at you and be like, you're so awesome, here's my grace. What does he do? He looks at Jesus and what he did, and because of what Jesus did, God offers us his grace. It's a gift. It's the only way we operate in a relationship with God. Grace as a principle is unique in what we call the world religions. All of the other world religions operate completely differently. They operate, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, if you, if you do a bunch of stuff, you maybe enter into God's goodness. If you do this, the gospel says, it is done. Jesus said, it is finished on the cross. He gives us his grace. It's a completely different setup. It's a completely different approach. God's grace is saving grace. It's sustaining grace. It's strengthening grace. All the gifts we have, all of the things that we are good at, God gave you those gifts. You didn't decide to give yourself the gifts that you had. God gave it to you. It's a gift. It's called grace. We pray at the throne of grace. Listen to this. The, God distributes his blessings to men in a free and sovereign manner and not in consideration of any merit of men. That the grace of God actually comes from his love, from his own goodness. That men owe all the blessings of life to a beneficent forbearing, long-suffering God. 
Everything that you have, God has given it to you. Yeah, but I worked for what I have. How are you able to work? Well, I have a body. Who gave you that body? God gave you that body. I don't need to go down the list. That's enough. It's enough proof for that. And especially all the blessings of the work of salvation are freely given by God. It's free. God gives us grace. He gives it to us because he is so good. Aren't you thankful for grace today? We sang about grace. That's why we write songs about grace, because it's so amazing. We can hardly fathom it. Why? Because we're really bad at operating with grace sometimes. Why? Because somebody doesn't like us and they don't do something to us the correct way. And then they're out or we unfollow them or we cancel them. God does not operate like that. God gives us his grace based on his own character and nature. It's all a gift. It's all a gift. The breath that you breathe, it's all a gift. Salvation, it's a gift. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you, he's a gift. The, the, the ability that you have to work, it's a gift. It's all a gift. It's good to know that. It's a great melody line to live out, to understand. But that wasn't the end of the verse. What was it? Grace and truth. This is a big conversation that you should have with your friends. What is truth? Truth means in reality. It means in fact. It means certainly. John chapter 8 verse 31 says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth set you free. Knowing the truth will set you free. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought you, Pastor Brent, you just went on a preacher rant about that it's all a gift. But now you're telling me that I actually need to know something that is true for me to experience freedom. I thought the freedom that I experienced came from grace. Yeah. But then you're telling me I also need to know truth. Yeah. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Grace and truth is so important for us to know how these things work together. The truth, famous phrase, the truth will set you free. Have you ever lied to yourself? Have you ever lied to yourself, friends? Come on. Anybody watching online? Because nobody in the room is telling the truth this morning. <laughs> you ever lied to yourself? This is what a lie to yourself sounds like. Now, the reason I know, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about you today. I'm going to talk about myself. I can eat these two extra cookies because I'm going to go 10 minutes longer on the treadmill. It's just... It's just we're lying to ourselves. It's not actually true. But if we know the truth, see, look how good Rebecca is. She's a good player, right? She's not playing other stuff yet. <laughs> now, there's a great example.
That's a good melody, right? How do we know? How is it that we know that that's good? I'm not trying to get too existential right now, but where does music exist? Where does that, that she's, where is that hitting us? Yes, it's hitting our ears, but why is it producing something in us? It is a successfully played pattern. This is what God is wanting in our lives. The truth will set you free. Here he is talking to the Pharisees, like I mentioned ago. Jesus was harsh with the Pharisees. It's good to be harsh with the right people. This is not, okay, that opens up a whole can of worms right there. Just think about it and have a good discussion about it. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it you say you will become free? They never listened to what Jesus says. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Living as a slave to sin is a bad song. And you don't need to be religious to believe that. Sin meets to miss the mark. When somebody has missed the mark on life, they are a slave to a bad pattern of living. Verse 35, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham. You, you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. What are the words that Jesus spoke? What are they? They're, they're truth. Jesus is wanting his true words, a representation of God's reality, his promises, his love, his ways. He's wanting it to find a place in us. He's wanting those notes, those good notes, to find a place in us so that we can live them out, that we can produce a different song in the culture. But he's saying to the Pharisees, my words find no place in you. Now listen to what he says. I speak of what I have seen with my father, Jesus says, and you do what you have heard from your father. A little bit of a mic drop moment here for Jesus. Who is Jesus is saying is their father? The devil. It's like, well, that's not very nice, Jesus. I thought you were the compassion, you know, touch the guy on the back who's the outcast. But here's the bold, arrogant, know-it-all, religious, think they've got it all figured out. Jesus says the truth to them. Both of these situations are true, right? And they both have grace. It is a grace for you to be corrected when you need correction. In other words, truth comes from the outside of you. You don't produce it in yourself. And this is one of the disordered things in our world. You are not a creator of truth. You will discover it like a good song. Both of these situations that were tied 
grace and truth. And then this is grace and truth. Truth would supersede the reality that I'm facing. There's some, there's some facts that I've experienced, some difficulty in the world, that we live in a broken world and we're going through a difficult time. But what is the truth that God gives to us? Here, these are the facts. This is what I'm facing. This is a struggle. This is a difficulty. But then God comes in with the truth of his love and the truth of his grace and the truth of his promises. This is the reality. This is the song God wants us to sing. He wants us to sing his song. Listen to how grace and truth are important in balance. Truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Truth without grace is condemnation. Grace without truth is compromise. Truth without grace is legalism. Grace without truth is lawless. We need them both. We need them both. We need to bring the melody and the harmony together. Not just play the one note. Whether it's the truth, no, I got the truth. I'm going to give you the truth. But then if you have no grace, you're mean. But I'm going to play the grace note. I got the grace note. I'm going to play the grace note over and over again. Yeah, but we're going to need some truth because Jesus actually wants to find, he wants you to make place in your heart for his truth, not your truth. Because my truth and your truth are meaningless to the truth that exists in God. His truth supersedes it all. And it is the thing that we need, God's truth. Because what does the truth do? Truth sets us free. Last thing. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says this. If we are faithless... He remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Jesus, full of grace and truth. A great application of this is God is a true friend. And what does a true friend do? A true friend gives you grace, doesn't give up on you, but a true friend says, stop that. Stop doing that. That's not a good pattern. That's not a good melody note. That's a terrible harmony note. God is a true friend. Scripture says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, and we should want God to contradict us. We should want the word of God to find a place in our heart, even if it's not something that I believe or understand or I could figure out. God, I, I, want your, I want what you say to find a place in my heart. Because I know the truth will set me free. He cannot deny himself. He is a true friend. He is the truest of the true friend that we can have. And that's why he wants us to be his disciples. Because at any time, we could just be playing one note, or we could have a mismatched harmony, 
or we could just be playing the song of the culture. God wants us to live out balance in our lives. Grace remains grace. Truth remains truth. But in the midst of these two different ideas, the good sound of freedom is heard. That I would accept it and that I would live it out. And this is the sound that we need to live out, the melody and the harmony of God in our lives. Let's just pray this morning. Father God, we just love you today. We are so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful that you give us grace today, that you give us grace for all our mistakes, that you give us grace for all of our sins, that you give us grace because we would be lost without you. But God, today we also thank you for your truth, that you say to us, go and sin no more that you give us the right melody notes to play and the right harmony notes to play in our lives so that we can live out a balanced life. Because we want to be an example, Lord. We want to be a world changer. We want to be a difference maker in the world today. And we know, Lord, it's only as we sing and live out your song. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you are in the room today or you're watching us online and you have never taken that first step with your relationship with God, you know there's just not something right about your life. God, in his grace, offers a relationship with himself to you. And it comes as a gift. How do we receive that gift Well, the true story of the gospel is that Jesus came and lived the sinless life, died on the cross. God raised him from the dead so that we could just receive this relationship, that Jesus did the work for us. We can't pretend that we're perfectly moral and offer whatever measure of morality that we have and offer that to God and say, okay, God, can I get a relationship now? No, it only comes as a gift. We can't create some sort of religion. We can't create some sort of way of acting in a religious atmosphere and say, oh God, look how religious I am and offer that to you. Now can I have a relationship? No, no, no. He says it only comes as a gift. So if you've never taken that first step, here in the room watching online, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me to say yes to Jesus today. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes today here in the room and you guys can pray this out loud together with me. And if you are at home today, pray this out loud as well, wherever you are. God, today we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came and lived a sinless life. And he died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so that I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca. 
or find us on Facebook or Instagram at City Church GTA. Thanks again for joining us.